0: Okay, 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 I gotta say, those of you who are here tonight, uh, if you're watching online, bless you. Those of you who are here tonight, you got a first-class ticket to heaven. Uh, I mean, man, you just worked really hard. Uh, The others who are watching, you're coming. It's totally fine, but uh, anyway, uh, glad you are here tonight. Uh, We are continuing our series, Who is God?, And for eight weeks, we talked about God the Father, and then eight weeks, God the Son, and now we're in this series on God the Holy Spirit. What do we mean when we say God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And so what we're gonna do tonight, it's a little bit different at the top of the service. Normally, I read a scriptural text. But what I want us to do tonight is to proclaim our statement of faith, just a section out of it, the Nicene Creed, that every believer on every continent in every tribe, tongue, nation, and people group have at some point along the way said. And so this is a unifying statement, but I want it to be a prayer tonight. So imagine yourself praying your way into this. So it's gonna come up on the screen, the phrase that we're gonna look at tonight from the Nicene Creed. And now would you join me in saying it together by saying, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. And now let's pray. Lord, we ask you to speak to us by your spirit. What else do we have? Where else are we gonna go? Should we watch the news? Should we, should we read the paper? Should we look at the markets? Where else are we gonna go, Lord? Lord, you alone have the words of eternal life. And so tonight I'm asking that you would take these words and elevate them to the level of your kingdom. Lord, may I decrease so that you might increase. And I pray that none of us would be able to go to our cars without being transformed by you tonight. All of us need a touch from the Spirit, and so we say, come Holy Spirit. Have your way here tonight, we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. To understand the Bible, you have to understand who it was written to, uh, that it was written to and written by people who worked the fields. These are agrarians. These are people out on these small patches of dirt in Israel. I'm going there in a couple weeks. I can't wait to go back. And and just an amazing place. To see where it all happened, where Jesus walked and where he taught. And we'll be on the Mount of Beatitudes overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And you go down to the Dead Sea and you, you get in the Jordan River and you go up to Golan Heights. And you go into the old city of Jerusalem, which as the psalmist said is closely compacted together. And you've got Jews and you've got Christians and you've got Muslims all just crammed in this little bitty space with these 12 gates. The old city of Jerusalem And it's written to and written by agrarians, farmers living on little plots of land, working the treacherous terrain. It's harsh elements, subsistence farmers. And they would pray, give us this day our daily bread. And that doesn't make sense to us because we shop at Costco. (laughs) Uh, But give us this day our daily bread would have made sense to them because these people got up every day. And they worked for it. And I I showed some of these pictures a couple weeks ago on a Sunday when I preached. So if you were here, you'll have seen these. But I wanna show you this first picture of give us this day our daily bread. These women in the African bush Getting up early in the morning, the men are going out into the fields or working with the crops or the cattle and doing their, their thing. And, and the women are doing their thing, going down, taking their buckets to hopefully find some decent water. And all over the, the developing world, there's waterborne illnesses because there's not a lot of clean water, which is why we as a church will always drill wells. This is a side note. But we will always drill wells for the poor and the needy when and where we can because clean water changes a community's life. And, and so you see right here, this picture, I'll show you the next picture, of women in India going out every day and doing what they do. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. Like why, how does that phrase match up with this? I'll, I'll just say to you that everybody on the planet knows that if you're going to live, you have to find water. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, who is the giver of life. The Holy Spirit gushes forth the life of God into the world. I'll show you one of my favorite water pictures. This is me and my dad as a little boy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Do we have that picture? Yeah, a shirtless Dave Grothy. Uh, I don't know, how old is he there? Is he 40? I think my dad's my age in that picture, and how does he have hair still? And I don't. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's poetic injustice. But in Oklahoma, we had this thing called rain. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, like from the sky, things come down, they drop on you and it feels really good and cold and it makes things green. And you don't have to have a PhD in horticulture to have a yard in Oklahoma. Like yards just happen in Oklahoma and... I remember sitting out in the rainstorm anytime, like Oklahoma, we have a movie about us, it's called Twister. And and like it gets crazy out there, and the sirens go in and, and tornadoes come through, and like we got so used to it. We used to sleep through tornadoes because it was just a part of the the the, the way and so anytime rainstorms or thunderstorms would happen, my dad would take us out on the porch and we would sit on the porch in the old swing that was his great-grandmother's swing and we would just listen to it and watch it and the mist would come up, it would hit the ground and come up on the porch and hit us, right? And, and it was so satisfying. We would jump over the bushes and go out into the yard and we, I, you know stand there and get soaked and then run back up and my dad would snuggle me in his arms and warm me up and, you know, play with my hair and all this and it just, this is one of my favorite memories and when I think about those moments, anytime those rainstorms would happen, something subconscious within me thought, it's gonna be okay, we have water. Like God is providing for us, the heavens are opening, like thank you God, we live here in the high desert, you will never find me complaining about May snow because we just need every drop of, of water that God will give us at 7,000 feet. Lord, send the rain. Like, keep it coming. I, it's, a, it's a little annoying, but I'm, I'm not gonna complain because we need it. We don't need any of these fires, right? We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. Why did the writers of the scriptures and the writers of the creed say this? They said it because they knew that death was always all around, they knew that the enemy was threatening us, that the enemy was tightening the screws and coming to, to cut off life, to, to take away our supply of nourishment. And so the writers of the scriptures and the, and the creeds said, no, if you want to know who God the Holy Spirit is at his essence, at his core, he is the one who gushes forth life for the world. And one of the great literary devices that they would use in the scriptures To talk about the threat of death was the image or the metaphor, the story of a valley. You've got the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23. And though I walk, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You've got the valley of Achor, which was like a 9-11 sort of moment in Israel's history where it all fell apart where there was desolation and, and chaos and destruction and death all around them. And, and so when you talk about the valley, you, you turn the pages through the Old Testament and you hear about the valley of Achor, you hear about the valley of Elah, where, where Goliath strolled out every day and taunted the armies of Israel. I defy the name of the Lord God and I'll cut your head off and send out your best warrior and whoever wins. And, and, and Goliath is out there. When you talk about the valley, to the ancient saints who would read the Old Testament, they they understood what you meant, the threat of death, the threat of destruction and fear. And the Israelites talked about these valleys. And we think of them today as a metaphor, but for them it was an actual story. The valley of the shadow of death was an actual uh, journey. It was a shortcut between Jericho and Jerusalem. So you could cut through the valley of the shadow of death and it was the shortest distance between two lines. It was the straight line, right, two places. Or you could go around, and it was much safer, but it took you a day or two longer sometimes, depending on the conditions. And they said, you know what? I've gotta go through the valley of the shadow of death because I've gotta get to Jerusalem quickly. But the problem along that journey was there were robbers, and there were bandits, and there were people who will kill you on that journey. they will take your stuff, and they'll take your life, and they'll work you over, and they'll, like, They knew to pass through that shortcut, it would get you there quicker, but are we going to make it? And so they said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And then in that same psalm, the psalmist says, David says, he leads me beside quiet waters. Think about The juxtaposition in this one Psalm, the valley of the shadow of death, and now David's talking about green pastures, and and I lay down beside quiet waters, and in this very setting where there's death and destruction and chaos and robbers all around, he restores my soul. And this is why the writers of the text and the creed said that we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. So I'll just say this, wherever there's a terrible and treacherous valley, in the old testament there always seems to be a life-giving stream somewhere nearby that where grace or where sin abounds grace does much more abound that where where uh, calamity and confusion are pouncing around god's peace is also available too in that very same setting that everywhere death is present the god of life is present too and this is the god by his spirit who will give us life jesus understood that we would be threatened by death. And Jesus understood there would be regular dry spells in the human experience. And Jesus understood how the enemy does, in fact, come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so Jesus, one day, picking up on this theme, he's standing up at one of the great festivals. On the last day, and the greatest day of the festival, he stood and he said in a loud voice, and I'm asking you tonight, with the ears of faith, With the eyes of faith, I'm asking for your imagination to wake up so that you could hear Jesus say this to you tonight because he's saying it. He says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from where? Will flow from within them. And by this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive because up to that point, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus stands up at the feast and he says, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink and for those of you who do, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. You see in the Old Testament, they were looking for a stream nearby but Jesus called our attention to a stream from within. The stakes got higher. <laughs> the pot got sweetened. Jesus, Jesus he, gives, he takes it a step further. Jesus is, because you know, what happened is in the Old Testament, you had to go to a specific place to find the spirit. You had to go to the temple, you had to go to the festivals. Maybe there was a prophet who was roaming through the wilderness and you'd have to go out and find Elijah or you'd have to go out and find Elisha or you'd have to go out and find Joel or something. But but the spirit, you had to go to certain spots with certain people at certain moments. There wasn't full access. So Jesus in this moment, you see what he's doing is he raises the stakes, he sweetens the pot. He says it's getting better, friends. You don't just have to go find a stream nearby. You don't just have to go up to Jerusalem to find the, the gift of the Spirit of Life. He says, Out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. That Jesus always intended for us to be carriers of the Spirit of Life everywhere we go. And I want to just ask the question like, how else could someone do a really difficult thing, like forgive the person who wronged them? Unless the spirit of God is within them, like I just don 't have the capacity i don 't have the goodness i don 't have the maturity i don 't have the the ethics i don 't have the courage to to do that right thing on my own, but with the power of the Holy Spirit within me, I can do things that i didn 't used to do on my own. I think about a friend. Uh, Real successful businessman, he just entered his rest and I'm still grieving his loss. He, he meant so much to me and to so many other people and I, I didn't get to go to the funeral because it was on a Friday and I had to preach that night. It was in Texas, so I watched the funeral online and I sat there and wept as they told stories, but I heard a story in the funeral that I'd never heard before. My friend Garth, he owned a, a successful business and he had, he had restored an old, an old Bronco That he just loved it was a beater you know I don't know if it was late 70s or 80s but it was an old Bronco and it wasn't tricked out but he he put his hands on that thing and he bought it in a trash heap and he and he made it beautiful and he loved driving that Bronco all over town and and he kept it at his at his office and one day one of his employees stole the Bronco and went out of there like a bat out of Hades and smashed through the gate of the complex and, and just was on the highway running. And he was going to take this Bronco and he gets in a police chase and he, and he smashes the Bronco into a median and the Bronco's totaled. And the CFO of the company calls Garth and says, Garth, I, I got to tell you some bad news. I'm so sorry to tell you. But he names the employee and, and he says, he stole your Bronco today and he went out on a high speed chase and he crashed it, it's done. Gar said, that's a bummer. He said, "Um, where is the guy, is he okay? Yeah, he's okay. He's in jail. And Gar said, was he married? Yeah, he's married. Does he have any kids? Yeah, he has two kids. He said, okay, uh, I want you to go to the safe and I want you to open up the safe and I want you to get out $10,000 cash and I want you to drive over to her house with the kids because her breadwinner is in jail. And I want you to give her $10,000 and say, we're so sorry to hear about your husband. I, we've got a good report. He's gonna be okay. But we're sorry that you're gonna miss him here. And we, just want, we know you're gonna have bills come up and we want you to be well. And if you need anything else, here's the card. Call us, we'll take care of you. You can't do that unless out of your belly is flowing a river of living water, which is the Holy Spirit. Because in my flesh, I'd go, what's wrong with you? Don't you know I'm signing the front of your check and now you're gonna steal my car and go ruin the thing that I love so much? But Garth was filled with the Spirit and had been for 50 years, so that when he got that call, he was able to go, you know what, bummer. Does he have a wife and does he have kids? Go over to the safe and get them $10,000 because this is what people who are filled with the Spirit do. Friends, out of your bellies, he says. You don't have to run up to Jerusalem and pray about, should I be good to that wife and two kids? No, because right now you're occupied with the spirit of life within you. So where someone else is experiencing a form of death and you have life, go make it happen. Go address, you don't have to pray about this. You don't have to go seek the prophet out in the wilderness. What should I do? God's spirit is in you telling you what you should do. So will you just open yourself up and access the spirit from within and say, come Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Oh, I know what to do. Go be generous to someone who just cursed me. Out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. I cannot tell you how many times a week I'm in meetings where I have no idea what to do. I'm sitting across the table from someone or I'm sitting around in a board meeting with a group of people. I am stumped. I don't know what to do with, with with a situation at home or or with my children or or with someone that I'm having a difficult conversation with. And I'm in these moments and I like I don't say it out loud but in my head I'm going, "God, you better show me what to do." <laughs> God, I like anytime, anytime I'm here. I need I I'm gonna bumble this, I'm gonna say something stupid, I'm gonna act out in the flesh, I'm gonna be mad, I'm, gonna, I'm going to underperform because I don't have enough and suddenly from within me, Out of my belly flows a river of living water. The spirit of God gives me wisdom that I didn't have 10 minutes before. And I'm able to respond and to think on my feet and to bless. And I'm able to to, to press in and gain wisdom from God that I didn't have in my own strength. Friends, I don't know how you live without the Holy Spirit. I don't know how you function without the spirit. I don't know how you stay in relationship without the spirit. I don't know how you lead a church or a business without the spirit. I don't know how you raise little humans without the Spirit. I don't know how you relate to your parents or your grandparents without the spirit. I just don't know how you live in this political cycle without the spirit. I don't know how to pray for Russia and Ukraine without the spirit. I don't know. But Jesus said, Hey, hey, it's gonna get better than just having to run to these holy places at specific times of the year. You are going to be occupied with the spirit of life and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And so the writers of the scripture and the writers of the creed have said for hundreds and even thousands of years, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord who is the giver of life. Friends, we have to have the spirit. Jesus said, it's yours. So what I'll say is the Holy Spirit is God's constant flow of life rushing at us from within us. Every day, every meeting, every moment, every conversation, every complex and nuanced scenario that you find yourself in, will will you ask the Spirit to come? When you're in that board meeting and and you got a difficult person who's backing you up against the wall and just really going for you, just say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Under your breath, come Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, and I need your wisdom. And something will crack open because God responds to our prayers. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. So we experience the spirit from within us, but I want to take it a step further and say to experience the spirit is to become a part of the Spirit's work. To experience the work of the Spirit is to become a part of it. We all know those people who when you get around them, they are just a, a, an experience of life. We all know those plenty of people who are an experience of death, right? right? <laughs> like, can we just be honest? That they are, they are, they are everywhere, it seems. And, but there are those people, few and far between, that you come into their presence and they're sane. And they're kind, and they're composed, and they're thoughtful, and they're encouraging. And when a little kid runs up to them and interrupts the conversation, they stop and they go, hey, how are you, and they bless them, and then they're back with you. And Have you ever experienced someone who is just a constant experience of life? To be filled with the Spirit is to become a part of the Spirit's work in the world. I think about my friend dave i I've told stories about him before, but Dave sits over here uh, he's in a wheelchair. Dave is for me i I can't think of a time when he left me worse than when he found me. You know like it, I leave people worse than when i when I found them. Every once in a while I'll say something, just maybe a little sideways negative energy comment or and then I'll hopefully if the spirit reminds me, I'll go repent of that later. But I'm not, I don't have a perfect record, and and I'm sure Dave doesn't either. But but when I'm with Dave, he's always making me better. And Dave has had a really difficult life. He was in a a situation over 30 years ago. It was a, a road rage situation, and a guy got out of his car and shot Dave. And Dave is paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair because of that situation, and Dave could have quit, and he could have stopped, and he could have lived he could have lived a, a, a life where he was just mad at everyone everywhere he goes, but Dave is constantly giving out the life of the Spirit everywhere he goes, and he, I was coming down out of my office seven or eight years ago, and it was one of those days as a pastor that I wanted to quit. I was opening up my Microsoft Word draft of my resignation letter to brush it up, and to print it off, and to sign it, and like, every pastor has one of those saved. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know that.
1: <laughs>
0: just kidding, but not really. Um, so it was one of those days where I just, I, it, was, it was not good, and I wanted to quit, and I was walking down out of my office, down the stairs, and I came out into the lobby right out here, and Dave wheels up to me, and he goes, come here, Daniel. He said, I was at my house, and the Holy Spirit said, get in the truck and go up to the church and put the jumper cables on Daniel, and he started praying for me right there. He, he, said, he said, sit down in this chair, get on my eye level. And so I sat down next to him and he looks me in the eye and he starts laying his hands on my head and he's praying in the spirit and he's put, I mean, he's like, I got up from that chair 10 minutes later and I was alive again. I was a different person and I tore up the letter and threw it away <laughs> and, and I'm still here. <laughs> But friends, what I'm saying is to experience the life of the spirit is to then go be a part of that, to give it away. It is not just so that we can be blessed and highly favored and so that we can circle up the wagons and, oh, my life is good, but I'm insulating myself from the pain of the world. Dave gets in his truck, which is a hard thing for him to do. And he drives across town and he comes into our lobby and we just happen to be there. Tell me the Holy Spirit isn't good. I just happen to be walking into his presence and he puts the jumper cables on me and, and shocks me back to life. Friends, to be filled with the Spirit is to go be a part of the work of the Spirit in the world and we as a church and we as the global body of christ believe in the holy spirit who is the lord who is the giver of life and if you will say come holy spirit and and stir up within me and then how do you want to use me today lord make me an encouragement Make me a blessing. Lord, I got money in my pocket. If you send some my way who, who needs it, just show me and I'll give it. It's yours. Lord, what, can I pray for someone? Can I bring someone a meal? Can I go to the hospital? Can I carry this person's burden in prayer for the next couple months? I want the life of the spirit that has made me different to make them different. Friends, the world needs us to be filled with the spirit of life. The question that you might be asking at this moment is how do you do it? How, okay, yes. Spirit's in me, God wants me to be an experience of life for the world, how do you do it? I wanna put this two little verses in front of you from the the book of Jude at the end of the New Testament. It's one chapter, it's this little bitty letter. And Jude says, but you dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and by praying in the Holy Spirit, he says I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up on your most holy faith every day. Get up in the morning and say come Holy Spirit and press into the scriptures and then, and then pray in the Spirit. He says keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we pray in the Holy Spirit? How do we build ourselves up on our most holy faith? I'll, I'll put three things in front of you from Teresa of Avila. This is an ancient saint, woman of God, wonderful mystic writer, She talks about the three layers of prayer in the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to take these, you can write them down. They're super simple, it's super practical, and it will change your life and change the world around you. So three things, write them down. The first layer of praying in the Holy Spirit is the layer of the vocal, she says. You get up in the morning And you go, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You're reciting Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit and who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. You pray Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills and look up at Pikes Peak as you're praying it. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth and he will not let your foot slip and he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, the Lord who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep and the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade at your right hand and the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night and the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. She says the first layer of prayer is the vocal. You get the scriptures in your eyes. You get the scriptures in your mouth. You get the scriptures. What happens is it kind of clicks down to the second layer, the mental where those words start filling up your imagination. They fill up your heart. You're you're meditating on these words day and night and you're in the board meeting at noon when it it gets difficult and you go, oh, wait, wait, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my my help comes from the Lord? He will not let my foot slip. the, The Lord is watching over my life. We're gonna be fine in this meeting. And it starts to get into your mind and you start to carry it around and the mind of Christ begins to fill you and all those evil thoughts and all those lies of the enemy and all the false identities that the enemy wants to to imprint in your mind, they get driven out and you start to have the light of God's life filling your mind because the words went from being vocal to being mental. But then Teresa says that it clicks down to a third layer and this is where it all transforms it moves down to the level of the experiential. Where these words that you started at 6 a.m. with them on your lips and you were tired and you hadn't had your coffee yet and there was no flow and it didn't feel great, but somehow those words started to get lodged in your mind and they started to kind of click down into your heart and you started to believe them and and meditate on them and then you step out into the world and you become an experience of those words. (laughs) Where you become the blessing of God to the people around you that you were thanking God for six hours earlier. That you become the generous one. You start the morning thanking God for his generosity. God opens up the windows of heaven and pours out blessing on me that I shall not even have room enough to contain. And you're just kind of kicking that around and you're saying that out. But then you step out into the world and you see someone who has a need and you become the windows of heaven opened up over their lives and blessing is poured out that they don't even have room enough to contain. Friends, we've got to take it from the, from the vocal. We've got to take it from just singing it to letting it get into our minds and into our hearts and then we become the experience of the blessing of God's life everywhere we go can you say amen tonight the world is waiting for us to be this kind of people and this is our export this is the gift that we give to the world this is our marking and our identity and our inheritance this is the anointing that is on our lives we believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord the giver of life who gives us life. And Jesus says, out of your bellies, every single day will flow rivers of living water. So tap into that great aquifer of the spirit's life that is there. Don't leave the gift on the table. Drink the water deep that is in you and then step out and give a cup of cold water to the world. Be an experience of God's life. Be like my friend Garth and give it away because the world is waiting for us to be this kind of experience of life. Church, would you stand with me tonight? The van is gonna come and we're gonna receive communion here in just a minute. But I want us to take a minute to just welcome the spirit. Because the image that I have is that some of us are so desperately dry like our land has been. But you're gonna go out tonight and see that God is blessing our land with some moisture and tonight in this place, he's going to bless you with the moisture, the spirit of life from within you out of your bellies are, begin, are gonna begin to flow rivers of living water. And so tonight, would you close your eyes and would you open your hands and would you just begin to say, come Holy Spirit. Would you begin to ask for God's nourishing life You begin to ask for the water to flow again. Maybe some of you, you you remember what it used to be like, but the well has gotten stopped up within you. Tonight, that water's gonna flow again. So we say, come Holy Spirit. Some of you have had really hard conversations this week and you could just almost cry thinking about it. Come Holy Spirit. Some of you have lost loved ones this week and you could just cry thinking about it. Come Holy Spirit. Some of you had to fire some people at your company this week and it's been really difficult for you and for them. And so we just say, come Holy Spirit. Some of you are struggling with prodigal children that have just, feels like they're throwing it away right in front of you. And so we say what we can only say, come Holy Spirit give life, or for Chantel right now in the hospital, give her life, come Holy Spirit, fill that room for the family carrying the burden and the fear, come Holy Spirit, Lord you know what we need and you know we are desperate and so we ask you Lord tonight for a fresh river of living water to flow from within every single one of us, I pray these things tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Would you get your communion elements ready? If you don't have communion elements, just raise your hand. Our team is coming quickly through the room. They'll bring you some. Right back over here on the left, Linda. Tonight, as we come to this moment, we're believing, we're coming, bro. (laughs) We won't leave you alone. Right over here, Linda, in the back. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And he knew we would need it. He knew we would need life and nourishment and food and strength to keep fighting, to keep going, to keep living And Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. Would you break that little wafer in your hands? It's a picture of the brokenness that we all live in. On a day-to-day basis, we are going to need the life of the Spirit because life is difficult. There's brokenness. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. And so King Jesus, we receive from you your nourishing strength. We receive from you your broken body. We receive from you wholeness and strength to keep going. Church tonight, you may receive the broken body. Open that cup. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of Of all your sins We have all failed We have all missed it We have all cut corners We have all seen Opportunities and walked away We've all been like Garth in that situation And we kept the money we could have given away It's okay, Jesus says This is given for the remission Of your sins You're clean tonight And he said every time you come to this moment Remember that, remember me Remember that I'm for you. Church, tonight, all condemnation is being rolled away. Jesus is not sending you out here with a list of all your failures. He's sending you out here with forgiveness of sins. So church, you may receive the cup and forgiveness of sins from Jesus tonight. Now let's worship the Lord together.
1: We need you. Oh God, we need you. We are, Cause we are waiting, we are watching, and we won't move without it. We won't. ground is whole we are trees voices to sing, Spirit. chance right here that with your own words, with your own words and with your own prayer, ask the Lord to fill you again. Fall afresh on us, God. With your spirit, if you ask if we ask you for bread, you won't give us a stone. How much more will you give us when we ask you for the Holy Spirit? We need you fall afresh. Fill us anew. Fill us again. Fill us anew and again. We pray. Come on here. your Come on.
0: with the kids he's in arizona okay so this is hannah friday hannah friday leading at friday night. can you give it up for hannah friday <laughs> woman of god her sister abby right here i mean just like power team it's just an embarrassment of riches in this family leading worship but her husband and her and their family are moving to phoenix is it phoenix Phoenix area. He's been hired as the executive pastor at the church, and they just snatched her away to be the worship pastor. And so tonight, we're going to bless them as they go. These are incredible people of God. They've served faithfully. They come from families of just serving God's people. And so, Abby, Dee, come around, stretch out your hands, and we're going to send them with our blessing. This is her final Friday night of leading. And so tonight, Lord, we pray the blessing of God over Josh and Hannah and their children. We pray that they would go and flourish. That church is so blessed to be getting them. And Lord, we send them. They have blessed us and we send them now to go be a blessing. We pray that everything they touch would prosper. We pray, Lord, for many people to be saved and to come into the kingdom. We pray that Hannah, as she leads, would teach people how to worship the living God. We pray that Josh would organize and get that church strong and and that his giftings would come to life. And as he preaches, that the spirit of the Lord would rest on him. Lord, for their children, that it would be a seamless transition. Lord, we pray that you would send them out in power and in authority and in boldness and in joy and in blessing. And tonight, Lord, we as a congregation, we we bless them as they go. We pray, Lord, bless them and keep them. Make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, smile big on them, their people, all they do, and may you grant them peace. Can you say amen, church? And open your hands now, church. I want to send you out, I pray, that this week would be a beautiful week of you being filled with the Spirit, (laughs) that out of your bellies would flow rivers of living water, that at your workplace and in your neighborhood and everywhere you go, that you would just light up grocery stores with the glory of God. Because you're filled with the Spirit. I pray that everything you do this week would give glory to God and would bring joy to you. I pray bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord smile big on you and your people and grant you peace tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Can we thank God for what he's done here tonight? Two two things before you bolt, two things. Uh, Three things. We've got a prayer team coming, and we would love to pray with you. The kids table, the sign-up booth is in the back if you want to help at kids camp. Like Matthew said, you can get signed up. And please be safe. Please go slowly. I don't know what the roads are like. Just don't be in a hurry tonight. Get home safely. In Jesus' name, go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.